The Brewers Association and Craft Beer Radio present Savor 2016, an American craft beer and food experience from Washington, D.C. This salon is from Friday, June 3rd. Advanced Beer and Cheese Pairings, presented by Mark Osborne and Greg Skotsko from Adroit Theory Brewing Company. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get started. I want to welcome everybody to tonight's salon, Advanced Beer and Cheese Pairings. My name is Pete Johnson. I'm with the Brewers Association, and it is the Brewers Association that brings you this event tonight. I want to let everybody know that we are recording this salon, uh, craftbeerradio.com is recording the salon, and it will be posted on craftbeer.com next week. Uh, last reminder I have is when we get to the Q&A portion of the salon, I'm going to come around to you with this microphone so that you can speak into it so we can capture it better on the recording. So we appreciate your cooperation with that. Okay, please save your forks. <laughs> Limited supply of forks. We only have one set. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so with that, I'm going to turn it over to our presenter, Mark Osborne. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. This me? Yeah. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. We have some thirsty-looking people in the group. So I say let's jump right in. So my name is Mark Osborne. I am the owner of Adroit Theory. It's my wife, Nina. She uh, doesn't work at the brewery, but she does run our distribution company. And, uh, you know, between the two of us, it keeps us pretty busy. But thank you guys so much for coming to Advanced Cheese Pairings. But let's get a serious show of hands. Who is here simply so that they don't have to wait in line with everybody else? So kudos to you for being smart. A, you're drinking sooner than they are, and B, you're already inside and not standing in the rain. So, uh, so a quick show of hands. Who here has actually had any beer from Adroit Theory in the past? Wow, okay, more than, uh, more than I expected. Excellent. Well, um, unless you visit us in the last four or five days, I can assure you some of the beers we'll have tonight are new because uh, one just came out five days ago. So, uh, matter of fact, the first beer we'll be uh, sampling is brand new. Um, but uh, I'll give you guys, uh, for those that know about us, this will be a little redundant, but for those of you who haven't had us, I'll tell you a little bit about the brewery and then we'll just jump right into, uh, into some, some, some beer and some hopefully excellent uh, cheese pairings. So Adroit Theory is a nano brewery. We uh, produce beer literally one keg at a time in very, very small batches. Uh, we did less than 500 barrels last year. We started in January of 2014, so we're coming up on our two-and-a-half-year anniversary. Um, but even though we're small, we, uh, we do always try to challenge not only ourselves but our patrons with flavor profiles and ingredients and combinations of, of things that, you know, frankly, most breweries aren't doing. So in the, uh, the two-and-a-half years that we've been in business, we have made almost 450 distinct beers so when you do come to visit us, by the way, we're out in Percival, show of hands, who knows where Percival is? Excellent. We are in D.C., right? I have to ask. So for those of you that don't, uh, one hour northwest of here in Virginia, in the northwestern portion close to the West Virginia, Maryland line is where we're at. But uh, in our two and a half years in business, we have, uh, we have cranked out uh, quite a few beers, um, most of the beers that we make, we only make once, and then we move on to something else. There are a handful of beers. Matter of fact, two of the four beers we're serving tonight, um, this is the second time that we've, we've brewed them. 
So uh, we will address things if we, uh, if we really want to uh, experiment uh, with a version 2.0. But anyway, so hopefully you guys will come out and uh, visit us at some point. We also do have a booth downstairs. We're number 13. We're pouring two of our barrel-aged beers, which we're really uh, excited about. Uh, the first beer downstairs is a beer called Triptych. It's a Saison brewed with rambutan fruit and then aged in Opus 1 red wine barrels. I think it's a really interesting beer. We're also serving a beer called Ortolan Bunting. It is a strong ale brewed with treacle and then aged in French Armagnac brandy barrels. So when you're done here, um, stop by the booth and uh, I can taste two more of our beers. But without further ado, let's get into uh, what we're doing tonight. So the beer that you have in front of you is called Two-Headed Calf. We call it a uh, farmhouse-style saison. It really doesn't fit nicely into any of the categories for either Saison or for a farmhouse ale, other than it's light in color, light in body. It has a very nice phenolic and estery qualities to it, which I'll tell you about in a second. Hey, Jeff. It's 9.3%, uh, so please be careful. Um, we brewed this beer um, with a copious amount of honey, so you'll notice that the initial smell and the initial taste is the sweetness that came from the honey itself. Um, but we brewed this beer with what we're calling our Percival yeast. It's a yeast that we actually cultivated and harvested a few years ago. And this is actually the first production batch of beer using that yeast. It's a really, really interesting yeast. Um, it actually, for those of you that homebrew or work somewhere else, it ferments at 85 degrees, which is very, very high, but it gives it a really, really nice, um, you know, Belgian-esque quality to it, even though it's really just a wild ale from a honeysuckle bush outside of a preschool in Percival, Virginia. So, uh, copious amounts of honey, and we also used farro, which is a, uh, an ancient grain. It's a type of wheat. Um, it gives a nice nutty characteristic to try to balance out some of the sweetness that's inherent in the beer. And uh, so it's, it's, I think, a nice combination of, of sweet on the front end, dry on the finish, with an interesting nuttiness, uh, Saison-esque type flavor. So, cheers. So, in terms of pairing the cheese with the beer, um, there are lots and lots of books on which cheese go with which style of beer, and, and some of them are really, really excellent. So we didn't want to be redundant in that regard. So we wanted to say, okay, what's the basic cheese that goes with this beer? And we immediately thought of uh, Grafted Village. Um, it's a nice creamery. They do a white cheddar, and this is a cave-aged white cheddar. So from a basic pairing concept, it seemed to make sense. It tastes good with the, uh, with the beer itself. But at Adroit Theory, we spend a lot of time thinking about flavor combinations and flavor profiles and trying to put things together in our beer you know, to either mimic food or to mimic a cocktail or to, um, well, I mean, basically do those two things. So for this cheese pairing, we took the basic cave-aged cheddar and we placed it on top of a honey reduction that's actually um, been steeped with the beer itself. So again, that sweetness with a little bit of dryness on the finish. 
we then uh, placed a roasted uh, farro grain right on top of the cheese itself. So the little uh, granules that you see um, are actual farro. And then to mimic the beer's inherent um, lemony citrusness um, that it has on the back end, we dehydrated a lemon. So if you've never had a dehydrated fruit before, you're in for a little bit of a treat. So um, take a bite of the cheese, dip it in the honey, taste the farro, and then place the lemon on top, and it'll basically melt in your mouth, kind of like dehydrated ice cream does. So I hope you guys really like this uh, pairing. And as we go through the course, if anyone has any questions that I didn't cover or any questions about the beer or the cheese, I'd be happy to answer it. But otherwise, let's take a minute and enjoy our cheese. All right, so I'm going to walk around and ask you guys how you enjoyed this first pairing. You don't actually have to use words, just you can use sounds like, mmm. Mmm, we'll do it. That's pretty good, if I do say so myself. In case I forgot to mention it, this is the beer that just came out at the brewery. We released it last weekend. Um, so we'll have it uh, for you know, a couple of weeks until we sell out of it. And if you particularly like this beer, I think it's, it's really quite lovely, but um, we are aging some of this beer in sauterne barrels, and that should be released both in draft and in bottles at the end of July. Mark, how long do you age a beer like this in the barrel? Typically when we do, um, you know, wine barrels, we do 90 days. We have aged um, um, beer in wine barrels as long as 22 months. In all fairness, that was an accident. Uh, we, lost, we lost that barrel. But I will tell you, it was delicious. It was delicious. Matter of fact, actually, I think we're... Uh, so again, for those of you that have come out to the brewery, we, you know, we're teeny tiny. Um, we have 25 drafts, um, well, 24 drafts and then a cask line at all times. So you get a really wide selection of beers um, when you come out to visit us. But one of the beers uh, that we did age in red wine barrels, it was actually Pinot Noir barrels, we're actually releasing, I think next week we found a Sixtal that had somehow 
eluded us. So we are putting that back on draft next weekend. Legion, you have had it. Yes, we have a tendency to lose things at Adroit Theory, apparently. But uh, yeah, a magical beer, magical beer. It was a, uh, we brewed it in uh, March of 2014. It was a Belgian stout. And we brewed it with Horopito pepper leaves, which is a, uh, it's a, it's a pepper tree that's indigenous to New Zealand. And apparently the, the natives, locals, uh, pick and chew on these leaves, kind of like you might do with chewing tobacco. Um, but it was really nice, give it a nice peppery, kind of weird, hard to put your finger on it, spice that was in the beer. Um, but we weren't satisfied with that, so we then transferred the beer into uh, California Pinot Noir barrels. And uh, we aged the majority of it for, I think, three or four months, and then promptly forgot about one barrel, and then rediscovered it. That was a very happy day. But the 22-month version is, uh, is, will be on draft for about two seconds uh, next weekend, if you guys can make it out. Does anybody else have any questions? Do you all experiment with beer tails and you know mixing them with different liquors or? Well, Virginia, the good old Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, the People's Commonwealth, they're a little strict on that kind of stuff. I, I know in D.C. they seem to uh, to have a the ability to do some interesting stuff. So we have not experimented with any um, you know spirits or wine with the beer itself because we're not allowed to. But I will tell you, we have made uh, numerous beers that either are direct um, mimics of cocktails um, or that are directly inspired by them. Matter of fact, one of the beers that we're, matter of fact, the next beer that we're serving is, uh, is directly um, just our take on a drink called the Higgins, which um, I'll tell you about when we get to that pairing. But um, we just did a beer dinner at a place in Shirlington, Virginia. Uh, called uh, Hula Girl. It's a Hawaiian-themed restaurant. Very nice place. You should check it out. Um, but one of their classic signatures is a is a mai tai, and so we made a mai tai saison using kaffir uh, lime leaves and a couple other things, but uh, ancho chili peppers and uh, one other thing that has escaped me. But it was literally it tasted like you were drinking a mai tai, even though it was you know a beer. Any other questions? How did we like that lemon? Hmm. Wow, that's hard to eat. <laughs> all right. So we spent all of our money on cheese and not on utensils, apparently. <laughs> so I should probably also mention for those of you that have been there, you know, we only make high ABV beers. Our tasting room is also not air conditioned. In the winter, what's that? I know we are. Oh, so here I'll give you a couple of plugs. Here's a couple, I'll give you like the top ten reasons to come visit us, but. Um, we are literally at the end of the W, O, and D trail. So, you know, for the bicyclists in the group, if you can make it all the way there, 
mega right and you are at Adroit Theory. Um, now, getting home might be a bit of a challenge. Uh, the lowest ABV beer we have ever made is 7%. I think the lowest we have on right now is 7.3%. That's our session IPA. <laughs> so we wanted to prove to people that we could actually make simple down-the-hatch beers. Uh, but we did have to make it high ABV because that's the kind of stuff we like. Um, but, you know, most of the beers are kind of in that 8 to 10 range. It's kind of our, our, our comfort zone, if you will. But, um, yeah, you may want to uh, arrange for transportation out of there. And unfortunately, Uber doesn't go that far. We are, we are in the country, so they'll drop you off. <laughs> and the nearest hotel is actually 12 miles from us. So actually, I'm probably giving you the top 10 reasons not to come visit us. But it actually is a pretty awesome, fun place to visit. All right, are we on to number two? Excellente. Hold on your forks. Oh my gosh, you guys missed number one. Number one was the best. I'm so sorry. No, actually, I think there's two untouched ones here if you want to down the hatch. Actually, there's a two more over here, too. It's up to you. So I'm the worst host ever. Uh, completely free. I should have made no notes. So this is the uh, this is the bottle of the first beer that we had. But if you want to take a look at the label and then pass it along. So I apologize. I was going to uh, show you guys the bottle. Um, this is one of the uh, beers that we actually put in bottles. Um, we definitely have a very distinct look and branded feel to our brewery and what we're doing. This is kind of 
one of our more tame labels, if you will. But I wanted to point it out to you because there's a couple things that we do um, with almost all of our beer labels, um, is we put food, cheese, and cigar pairings, uh, very specific uh, pairing ideas with all of our bottles. I will tell you I do all of that personally, and I can attest and vouch for what we did. Um, but if anybody here is a cigar smoker, show of hands. All right, so everyone's embarrassed. Okay, we got one cigar smoker here. Trust me. Money on this. We also do, uh, number all of our bottles. So I don't know what number that one is, but uh, hopefully 666. All right. All right, so we all have our cheese. We all have our beer. Everybody, everybody good? All right. So for those of you just welcome, I just got here. Welcome, welcome. Adroit Theory. My name is Mark. Advanced cheese pairing. So, this is number two uh, on our pairing menu here. Um, I think, well, I mean, they're all good. I'm not going to lie to you. But this is the one I'm particularly excited about because this is one of my favorite beers that we've made. So, the beer itself is called Black Celebration. And, yes, we know the black portion is misspelled. It's on purpose. Um, any Depeche Mode fans in the house? So you obviously know Black Celebration, but um, this was the first, uh, I suppose, musical collaboration we did. Um, we worked with an ele electronic DJ named Diesel Boy. He's out of New York. He spins drum and bass and that kind of good stuff. But um, he's not a beer guy, but he's definitely a foodie at heart. And I knew he was a foodie at heart. And uh, matter of fact, he has um, been published in several, um, you know, food magazines and food books. And one of them was a cocktail book where he had his own drink called the Higgins. His last name is, uh, his real name is Damien Higgins. But it's a really interesting cocktail. And uh, we reached out to him and he said, hey, I just you know, publish this book with this cocktail in it, and you guys think you can make a beer? And we're like, absolutely. So this is, uh, this is what resulted out of it. The base beer is an imperial porter. I say imperial because it's 9.99%. Note, not 10%. It is 9.99. And the base beer was brewed with blackstrap molasses, maple syrup, and black lava salt. We then aged uh, the beer in three different types of barrels, uh, maple whiskey barrels, rum barrels, and then what we're drinking tonight, which is oak barrels. Um, they were all very, very good. Matter of fact, we still have the rum uh, version in bottles. Uh, the maple whiskey is gone, but the oak is my personal favorite. Uh, when we put it in the barrels, it did take on some funk qualities to it. So uh, for those of you with an advanced palate, you'll pick up a little bit of that residual funk, which I love. But the beer itself is a really interesting beer. I mean, it's a big, dark, roasty, chocolatey beer. But on the nose, you're going to get a, uh, a brininess, a salinity from the, from the lava salt. But then when you start drinking it, you get all of that sweetness from the maple syrup paired with blackstrap molasses, which obviously imparts its own you know, rich, almost burnt, caramelized, sugary finish. But then the oak barrel rounds it out. Again, dry finish, a little bit of funk, nice twang, nice carbonation level. So, again, I love the beer. I hope you guys do too. So then the question is, okay, what cheese can we put with this? 
So you might notice that you're all looking at what appears to be a small little dollop of ice cream or maybe mousse. Um, but it's actually uh, goat cheese that's been infused with cacao to create that, uh, that color. We then molded it into a ball and placed it on top of a compote, if you will. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a gelatinized dark cherry and bourbon infused. Nope. What is this? Ah, it is a maple a maple-infused cherry gelatin. Uh, we sprinkled dark chocolate on there. And then the uh, item on the top of the goat cheese is black lava salt. So again, we are referencing in a very direct way some of the ingredients that we used in the beer itself. And of course, uh, no food uh, and cheese pairing would be complete without an edible flour, which I expect all of you to eat. So let's, uh, let's taste this beer, and then I'm not exactly sure how we're going to eat this, but uh, let's give it a shot, shall we? That is good. Oh my. Oh my. That's pretty good. Has anybody uh, gotten up the nerve to eat their flour yet? Yes? Uh, yes? Yeah, flowers are good. So I'll tell you a story. So we live in the country. Um, we have nice, you know, you know, small little house, but a lot of land and um, we're not hunters, so we have lots of animals that have now taken up shelter uh, on our property. And one of them happens to be a groundhog. He lives underneath our shed. He's a quite roly-poly little fellow. But he loves eating dandelions. Uh, the yellow, you know, before they actually bloom into the, you know, the petals will fly away, but the, the yellow thing. So my wife got the dandelion. I don't know if anyone else got one of those, but apparently they are edible because he eats them every single day and he's still alive. So does anyone have any questions? No questions? I covered everything. Hmm. Cool. So sometimes people ask us, where did you get the name Adroit Theory from? So I'll tell you. Save you the trouble. So uh, don't be embarrassed. Um, until my wife found the word Adroit in a thesaurus, I had no idea what the word adroit meant. I, I don't think I'd ever heard it before in my life. And yet here it is. It's the, the name of the brewery. So long story short, we we're actually we're not going to be called adroit theory. We we're actually going to be called antithesis 
Brewing. And we went to the effort of registering our name and a website and got around to asking the lawyers, hey, you know, let's do a search, let's register this name. And, and we found out that there is a, a winery that has a, a specific varietal that they produce called Antithesis. And they advised us to, uh, they advised us to pick a new name. So, unfortunately, we'd already begun designing some of our artwork and things of that nature, and then, you know, A was featured in some of those, uh, some of those early drawings. And uh, so we're like, we'll just find a new, uh, a new name that starts with the letter A. So, after a, uh, a very um, professional drinking session at Dogfish Head in Rehoboth, uh, we, we hustled back to where we were staying, and we broke out the thesaurus, and we were flipping through the names, and we stumbled upon adroit. And for, you, for those that don't know, adroit means that you are skilled with your hands, or you are very clever, or in the case of a brewer, you are both, because taking very, very basic ingredients, you know, grain and hops, yeast and water, and turning those things into the magical elixir that we call beer is an adroit task indeed. So adroit stuck, and uh, then it was like, well, what else can we do? So theory, of course, is the theoretical side of things, and at adroit theory, we don't make very many, if any, beers to style. Most of them are concept beers or theoretical beers. They're ideas. They are hybrid styles or interesting ingredients or techniques or manners. Um, when, uh, when our European friends come over to visit the brewery and taste things, they're usually quite appalled at what we're doing. But uh, we like it. We love uh, adjuncts. We love experimentation. Um, it's not for everybody, but uh, it's always going to be interesting. So if you pick a droid and you put theory together, it also sounds pretty badass. So. That is what we did. Oh, hello. Ready? All right, so everybody finished their flowers? I see a flower, you wuss. What? All right. So, how did we think? Uh, thumbs up on the beer? Excellent, excellent. And uh, how did we like the, uh, the cheese pairing? Excellent. I thought it was really interesting because, I mean, again, it mimicked a lot of the flavors that were in the beer, but goat cheese is so creamy and so almost overwhelming that you need something to cut that cheese. Uh, <laughs> cut the cheese. But uh, I thought the carbonation level in this beer and the fact that it was oak barrel aged, I thought really, really did a nice job of doing that, yet not diffusing some of those inherent qualities in it. So, excellente. All right, on to number three. I'm like the worst host of all time. I apologize. So again, I do love showing off our bottles. Um, all right. 
Moving along, moving along. All right, so obviously we want all of you guys to just, you know, obviously Sabre is awesome, right? You've got some of the best beer, uh, you know, on the planet in one location. You know, everyone comes to show off. But you also have excellent food. So, I mean, it's like the best of both worlds. But we are trying to impress, so hopefully you guys love what we're doing. You go home, you tell everybody, I went to Sabre, but it was that cheese pairing at the very beginning that just blew my mind. So, anyway, we do want you guys to come and visit us out in the country if you're ever so inclined. And for those of you that have visited us, thank you. Please come back. Uh, but we have actually begun uh, distribution as well. We now um, distribute throughout Maryland. Again, we're a small brewery, so we're not obviously everywhere, but from Annapolis to Baltimore to Frederick. There are bottle shops and bars uh, that carry our products. Uh, we distribute throughout Virginia. Again, not everywhere, but it's actually easier to find our beer in Norfolk, Virginia than it is in Arlington. Part of our strategy, but uh, uh, we did just get picked up by Wegmans. So uh, again, if you like our beers and uh, you want to purchase them in bottles, that's the easiest place to do it. But we also have quite a bit of a mail order business, so you can order a lot of our beers, not all of them, uh, if you live in Virginia or Ohio. Unfortunately, not Maryland or DC, but uh, maybe you know somebody who lives in one of those states. All right, so moving right along. So, one of my personal favorite labels, let's take a look. Again, there's cigar, food, and cheese pairings on the back. All right, so course three is called Imagination Atrophy. The base beer is a caramel macchiato milk stout. And that is pretty much all you need to know. So obviously we, uh, we were inspired by Starbucks and fufu drinks to, uh, to make you know, our take on a, uh, on a fufu uh, beer, if you will. The base beer is a milk stout, which... Uh, is a roasty and creamier version of a traditional stout. Um, we obviously added, oh, thank you. We added uh, caramel. We also added vanilla beans. And we added cold steeped espresso for the coffee finish. So we did a regular version that is now sold out, but this is the bourbon barrel aged version. These, uh, this beer aged for two months in Joseph Magnus, which is a DC distillery, um, for two months before, uh, before we bottled it up. So I think the base beer is delicious. Uh, one of the things that I think was really interesting is the non-barrel-aged version of this beer was very coffee-forward with hints of vanilla. Um, somehow, sitting in the barrel for two months brought out a lot of the caramel. So the caramel becomes the, the primary driver with a little bit of bourbon on the back end. So we got to thinking, okay, what do we need to do from a cheese perspective to basically knock that caramel down a little bit, boost up the bourbon qualities a little bit, but yet still give a beautiful dessert-like finish because it's obviously a dessert beer. So we started with um, what is possibly my favorite cheese of all time. Uh, it's called Yeetost. It's caramelized Norwegian goat cheese. It's not fudge, even though it looks just like fudge. Uh, it's absolutely delicious by itself. But as I mentioned earlier, Joy Theory is very, um, 
ambitious when it comes to trying to push the envelope uh, and, and keep adding and adding and adding until we get what we want. But in this case, what we did is we, we made what we're calling an espresso soil. It's basically ground uh, espresso beans and chocolate. So that's the uh, granular material on the one, the one side. We then added a dollop of black pepper on the other end. And then for giggles and kicks, we, uh, <laughs> we made a bourbon vanilla caviar ball out of agar, or agar, which is uh, it's like a seaweed gelatin. So yeah, that's what we did. So, anyway, the, uh, yeah, anyway, so the whole concept is, is you have this, you know, very, very dense, very rich cheese. You dip it in the espresso soil to boost up the coffee flavors, which again have been suppressed through the barrel aging. You get a bite of pepper to again create, again, just a sharpness to contrast with the sweetness of the beer and then you bite into the caviar eggs, and that's when you get the vanilla and bourbon explosion in your mouth, out. Uh, regarding the beer, when you're brewing with caramel, do you add that during, before, or after the boil? Yes, yes, and yes. Fair no, enough. actually not before. Uh, at the end of the boil, and then also yeah, I'm trying to remember. This was a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot. It was probably 50 beers ago. Um, actually, I don't want to misspeak, so I, I can't say that for a fact. Um, but we also added caramel powder to the bourbon barrels themselves. So we actually, which we do a lot with our uh, barrels, some of them would just put the beer in, seal it up, and walk away, and then some of them will will fish a net, you know, a bag, of, and we'll put pops or, you know, other adjuncts. Sometimes we'll put wood and then put it inside and, and, and seal the barrel back up and just let it age. So one of the beers, uh, matter of fact, the next beer we're serving, that's one of the ways we did that. But it was definitely caramel powder in uh, the barrel itself. Does anybody else have any questions? Yo. As the child of Norwegian parents, how in the world did you come across Yet Toast? It's like peanut butter for Norwegian parents. I know, parents. right? I know. I know, right? So this is the craziest part. I mean, it's, it's as exotic as it sounds. I mean, uh, I remember the first time somebody, you know, recommended it to me, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what, what is this? Uh, but it's actually available at Wegmans. That's where we bought this. The cheese you're eating is from Wegmans. It's right on the shelf. It's unbelievable. I know, right? Wegmans is awesome. So, um, now again, obviously we're a little biased. Uh, we're also very humble and biased, which is a bad combination. But... Uh, I, I really think this is the best of all four pairings. I mean, I think it's just magical. I hope you guys agree. Thumbs up on the beer? Two thumbs up? Excellent. And how is the, uh, how's the yeast toast? 
Matter of fact, I think I'm going to take a little bite myself. my favorite pairing. Yes, please. <laughs> I mean, that's why you made the announcement. I was hinting. Right? This is my favorite pairing. <laughs> yes, please. Thank you. We did a test run. I was like, oh, boy. So how about those bourbon-infused vanilla uh, caviar balls? Hmm? Right? It's crazy, right? You bite it and it's like, what? So um, our Norwegian um, descendant, this is cheese. You will back me up on this, right? Does this taste like? This is it's cheese, right? It's cheese. It's crazy. So anyway, biased, but I thought it was a really, really nice pairing. Did anybody else have any questions about what we're doing or anything of that nature? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Sorry. So you also use aquavit barrels, which is also a very Scandinavian thing. Yes, we do. We, uh, they're actually very hard to get. So whenever they come on the market, uh, price isn't usually much of an issue. Matter of fact, there's very little negotiation. Yes, please. I will pay that. Yes. Um, we've done a couple of beers in aquavit barrels. Matter of fact, we have one on right now at the tasting room. It is a wheat wine. Uh, called Lux. Um, I think it's a really, really interesting beer. It's basically a lighter cousin to the barley wine, using wheat as the primary grain, but still boozy and, and you know, complex. But um, the one we have on draft right now was aged in Aqua V, which for those who aren't familiar, it's a, it's a Scandinavian liquor that has kind of like a star anise or, um, you know, anise, black licorice type of uh, note to it. It's similar to gin in that they use botanicals uh, to create that flavor uh, profile. Um, but it's a really interesting liquor by itself, but when you put beer in it, particularly something that is as relatively neutral um, 
beer as a wheat wine, even though it's a very strong beer, it doesn't have a dominant flavor profile. It really takes on a lot of those characteristics, and it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. So, um, at Adroit Theory, we, uh, our little uh, claim to fame, if you will, or kind of our motto is that we make esoteric beers, kind of avant-garde beers. Uh, we have a big emphasis on barrel aging. It's not, we don't barrel age exclusively, um, but about 60% of the beer that we make usually ends up in some sort of contact with wood and um, usually some sort of barrel um, type of aging. Now we don't do, at least on purpose, um, sours or you know wild fermented beers. We do try to do everything in a, in a clean environment. We do pick up some funk, uh, some bugs from barrels just because they're barrels but it's not a focus of what we're doing. But um, for those of you that have been to Percival, it's a, it's a quaint little town. Uh, there's only 8,000 people in it, but for some reason we have five breweries, 25 vineyards, and a distillery in the town. Not counting what's right around the town, so uh, it's a real fun place to visit, but um, there is a distillery right around the corner from the brewery called Catoctin Creek. Uh, they make um, whiskey primarily, rye whiskey. They also make gin and some brandies and some things like that. So uh, we are friendly with them, and we do buy barrels from them from time to time. Um, but mostly, when we get their barrels, we actually get them secondhand. Um, they sell them to a maple syrup manufacturer out in Pennsylvania who puts his maple syrup in their barrels and, you know, ages it for however long they age maple syrup for, and when he's done with them, he sells them back to us. So they ship them up to Pennsylvania, turn them around, ship them right back where they came from, and then we get our hands on them. So we have a couple of beers going right now that are in these maple whiskey barrels, and it's really cool because uh, in addition to being boozy and, and spirit-focused barrels, they're also jam-packed full of sugar. So what we'll do is we'll re-ferment beers in the barrel, we just have to be very careful, though, because um, uh, sometimes they go a little uh, aggressive and we've almost blown up a few barrels. Um, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, look for some of these maple-infused bourbon beers that we'll be releasing uh, that are aged in Catoctin Creek. All right, cool. So moving right along, we're on number four. Uh-oh. All right, so you guys are in for a treat. So... Uh, we've made about 450 beers so far, um, but this beer, Bays, is the first beer we ever made. So this is the, the third time we've made this beer. We brewed it back in January, and the one that you're sampling went into um, Cone Creek uh, Cabernet Sauvignon barrels out of Sonoma, um, which is a pretty nice... It's a pretty nice wine. It aged for 90 days in that uh, barrel before you know, we bottled it up and uh, obviously ready to serve it to you guys today. So, um, so anyway, this is a special beer to us because, again, it was the first one we ever made. And, and to be frank with you, I think it's one of the beers that kind of you know, threw the gauntlet down of who we were and, and the type of brewers that we were and the type of beers that you know, we were going to be making. So the base beer itself is an imperial stout. Now, Sometimes people, or even, even myself, sometimes call it a Russian imperial stout. It's not that. It's just an imperial stout. Um, it's not as thick and, and boozy as a Russian. But 
Um, it's a it's a it's a pretty big stout. It's ten percent, and obviously with a stout, it's roasty and chocolatey. It's got some tobacco notes to it, a wisp of smoke, obviously some coffee flavors. It's full-bodied, sticky, uh, just a delicious beer. We brewed the beer with hazelnuts, cherries, and then we aged the beer on reclaimed American chestnut wood. So, any woodworkers in the group? All right, so uh, American chestnut is basically an extinct species of wood, um, and you cannot purchase it, it's not commercially available. So what we did is uh, they were taking down a barn not too far away from the brewery, so we bought up a lot of the wood from that barn and then had it milled down, um, honeycombed, which by the way is a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> Not sure if we'll do that again, but um, we basically made our own uh, staves out of this, you know, extinct species of wood, and then aged the beer on that wood before we transferred it to the barrels. So, you know, a lot of people do oak aging or cedar aging or what have you, but uh, to the best of my knowledge, no one's aged a beer on chestnut. So it imparts a really beautiful earthiness to the beer. Um, and again, I just think it just balanced the beer out because again, it's it's boozy and, and, and a hair sweet. But when you add that 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 wood aging in there, it really rounds the beer out. So it was then transferred into the red wine barrels, which is obviously what we're about to taste. So in regard to the cheese, um, we wanted something that was going to complement um, all of the red wine notes that are inherent in the beer. So I apologize. This is a French cheese that I do not know how to pronounce. Can anybody help me out? Is it Comte? Comte? Hmm? Excellent. Thank you. Uh, so that's the base cheese. So, but again, this is a great theory. We can't just serve you a cheese and say, voila. So we have to doctor it up. Um, so what you're looking at in this case is we made a, um, basically a chocolate reduction with Cabernet Sauvignon, the actual wine that is the barrels that this came from. And it's funny because you don't think about, or at least, I mean, I don't think always about chocolate and cheese from a pairing perspective, um, but as we demonstrated with the Black Celebration and now with this beer, that, you know, chocolate can really enhance some of the fatty qualities that are in that cheese um, in a way that's unexpected. So the uh, reduction is strictly that chocolate and red wine. We then did a hazelnut, um, like a chocolate-dusted hazelnut, obviously to reference the hazelnuts that are in the beer itself. And for giggles and kicks, we sprinkled a little sumac uh, on it to round out your experience. So with that in mind, let's dig in, shall we?
So here's the last bottle of the evening. Um, you guys check it out. So I'm like, it was kind of awesome and then kind of sucky at the same time. So um, USA Today, the, the newspaper, um, did one of those online contests that they have, you know, best beer labels in America. And it was pretty awesome because it was, it was like Deschutes, Sierra Nevada, Dogfish Head, Perennial, Adroit Theory. And we're like, what? And so we were on the list somehow. So like all the other breweries were, you know, big breweries and, you know, well-established brands. And somehow they found us. And this is the, uh, the label that they... Uh... So um, we were a, we a second-place loser. Is that, how they, is that how the phrase goes? <laughs> we came in third place, which I guess isn't too bad, I suppose. Well, okay. It'd be better if we won. I think it's an awesome label. Uh, it's probably my favorite label. Bays, for those of you that don't know, stands for Black as Your Soul. Any uh, Nine Inch Nails fans? All right, so we're not a, uh, we're not a musical-themed brewery, but, you know, we do pull a lot of inspiration from bands. I mean, I grew up in the 90s, and, you know, that's the kind of stuff I'm into. But... Uh, Black is your soul, you know, it's a, obviously a black beer, and uh, when you see the artwork when it comes around, it's basically a, a Rorschach inkblot test, if you will. You see what you want to see. It's a reflection of yourself. My mother, for some reason, loves this beer label. She hates everything else that we're doing. <laughs> she thinks I'm going to hell, and I'm like, come on. Mom, seriously, it's just a pentagram. It's not going to kill anybody. Yo. Uh, you told us about the name of the company or the brewery. How about your logo? All right, cool. So, um, like I said, my mother does not like what we're doing. Um, we have a pretty dark brand. I mean, we always do try to be very thoughtful about what we're doing. It's not just shocking, strictly for shocking sake or... You know, some people think we're some heavy metal brewery, and yes, we do like heavy metal, and yes, we do blast heavy metal at our tasting room, but not exclusively. Yeah, we do also have like, yeah, we have like 90s, we have reggae night, one of my personal favorites. But, um, you know, we, uh, we knew, well, let me back up. I thought that when we started the brewery that, you know, we would just try to make as adventurous beers as we could, and we hoped that people would like them and, and, and purchase them. Um, and obviously, we've you know been reasonably successful in that regard. But we also knew I wanted to uh, really challenge myself uh, artistically um, and build a company that had a very distinct vision so that even though you might not have tasted an Adroit Theory beer, particularly at the very beginning when you know, we were literally selling you know, one or two kegs of beer you know, per week, um, but that when you saw one of our bottles or you saw somebody posting about it, that it was instantly recognizable with a very distinct look and feel to it. And again, not homogeneous. If you've looked at all of the labels, you'll see, I think these are four different people designed these labels. Um, but they do have, they definitely have a, a, a look and a feel to them that's a little bit metally, a little goth, you know, very dark but also very, I think, thoughtful, and there's very purposeful placement of everything and every concept of you know, why it's done the way it's done. 
So when you ask about the logo, um, I think we're on like maybe version six or seven. We have like five or six logos that we use. Um, the one you see the most is a skull logo, which I'm not wearing. <coughs> but we have a lot of stickers. Oh, yes, this one right here. Um, but we have a pentagram logo. We have what we call our A-wing logo. We, I mean, we have lots of things. We're, we are not Coca-Cola, right? We are not trying to, uh, you know, this is it. It never varies. But uh, we experiment and change things around. But, again, it always tries to be a very distinct look, you know. Is it a brewery? Is it a motorcycle manufacturer? Is it a band? You know, what is it? That was the concept. And... That's what we're doing. I hope that answers your question. Anybody else have questions? How do we like this? Uh, how do we like this beer? Yeah. Everybody, yes, no, yes. Okay, all right, cool. I think this beer is awesome. You know, if I only had one beer to serve, you know, to another brewery that was coming to visit, this is probably what I'd pour them. You know, because I think it summarizes what we're doing. It's it's insanely drinkable. It is 10%. Insanely drinkable, but yet outrageously complex uh, at the same time. Uh, and how do we like the cheese pairing? Yeah? So again, I think an interesting pairing, maybe not like the last pairing where it was just so delicious, right? It was basically like eating our dessert. This one I think is a little bit more challenging. But again, that balance of sweetness with, you know, a cheese that has a little bit of funk to it with the sumac, I think is just, just an interesting, interesting pairing. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, any other questions? Um, maybe 500. Yeah, we're small. Just as a frame of reference, like uh, Port City, which is a pretty famous, pretty big brewery out in Alexandria, they're going to do 15, 16,000 this year. Uh, Flying Dog up in Maryland, they're going to do about 140,000. And your good, your good friends at Adroit there, we do like 500. So. Uh, we are actually installing a 10-barrel uh, system at our own uh, brewery, which is a huge step up from what we were doing, and uh, hopefully it'll be operational here in the next few weeks, and uh, will allow us to sell even more beer. But uh, in the meantime, it again, it's still small batches, and, and again, variation from one to the other, and a lot of new and interesting beers, you know, week to week. Yes. Well, including barrel aging? So it obviously varies. We actually just dumped or, you know, uh, drained a lot of barrels. So we're actually at a, at a very low number right now. Um, but as early as December of, of last year, we had maybe 100 different barrels going. Everything from Aqua V and, and the obvious things like bourbon or tequila to more exotic barrels like uh, gin and um, Armagnac, we have a lot of cognac barrels. Um, so if we find an interesting barrel, we'll figure out a way to use it. Um, in terms of the beers themselves, you know, any non-barrel-aged beer, it only takes a few weeks to ferment out, and again, in such a small batch, I mean, it's definitely a, in it goes, and out it goes, and within two weeks, if it hasn't sold out, that means there's something wrong. And uh, we're, on, we're on to the next beer. Probably have time for one more question. Um, this is actually a great thing. I think because 
Yeah, so I, I guess you're asking, you know, obviously we're a, a new startup company. My wife uh, doesn't work at this company but works at the other company, which is obviously related to it. What is, what is our day like? <laughs> yeah, so we usually get up around 9, 9.30, um, have a nice leisurely breakfast, usually waffles, maybe a frittata. So um, it's actually not as bad as you might think. Um, you know, we, we, we've, we own a couple of businesses. This is, you know, we're, we're entrepreneurs. We've, we've started other businesses. As a matter of fact, we still run several other businesses in addition to this. So we, we wear many hats, and, and then really it's really a balancing act of trying to utilize your time wisely. I do try to surround myself with good people, smart people that can make smart decisions so that I'm not the center of all activity. Matter of fact, there are actually a very embarrassing thing to say, but uh, sometimes I go to the tasting room and there's some person there I've never seen before uh, pouring beer. I'm like, hello, how are you? Um, and I have to introduce myself to an employee who's been there for three weeks. Uh, yes, yeah, is one of our, one of our managers, uh, Caitlin Rossi, runs our tasting room for us. Glue. Um, so, you know, I think um, it, it is hard work. And I'm not trying to downplay that aspect of it, but I, I also am not the type of person that, you know, um, I don't know, in my opinion, if, if you're working 18 hours a day, there's something wrong. You know what I mean? Like, you, you should figure out who you are, what you're doing, and figure out a system to make it work, and then hire people to do it for you and, and, and manage them. Um, and again, don't get me wrong, I'm not downplaying it's not a lot of work. It is a lot of work. But uh, we don't get up terribly early in the morning. <laughs> we get up between 7 and 8, and we're usually at work around 10 o'clock um, or so. So there are a lot of advantages to being an entrepreneur. Uh, we have a very flexible schedule. But on the flip side, you're always working. So I'm pretty sure I'll have probably 10 emails or voicemails on my phone uh, when I finish the session that I might check before before the event begins. But bottom line is, if there are anybody that is listening to this that is inspired by, you know, running a small brewery that has ideas that they want to get out to market, I, my advice is just do it. Don't spend too much time thinking. Don't spend too much time planning. Again, plan and think, but not too much time. Sometimes you just have to do it. You don't, you, you, it might not be the perfect scenario. It might not be the perfect plan or the ideal location or the ideal time, but sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and get the show on the road. Cool. Thank you guys for coming. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Hopefully we got you well lubricated for the rest of the sessions. And hopefully it'll all go downhill from a pairing perspective. Oh, wait a minute. That makes no sense. Hopefully this is just the start of something great. So seriously, thank you for coming. Please come and visit us. Enjoy your time. Thank you for listening to this recording from Savor 2016, brought to you by the Brewers Association and Craft Beer Radio. You can find the rest of the salons from Savor 2016, as well as all of the salons from previous years of Savor, at craftbeerradio.com slash savor or on craftbeer.com. Craft Beer Radio is a weekly beer podcast that you can listen to on iTunes or from our website at craftbeerradio.com.